you're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. Today's reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 to 13. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus, our Lord? Are not you my workmanship in the Lord? If to others I am not an apostle, at least I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. This is my defense to those who would examine me. Do we not have the right to eat and drink? Do we not have the right to take along a believing wife, as do the other apostles, and the brothers of the Lord, and Kephas? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working for a living? Who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard without eating any of its fruit? Or who tends a flock without getting some of the milk? Do I say these things on human authority? Does not the law say the same? For it is written in the law of Moses, You shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. Is it for oxen that God is concerned? Does he not certainly speak for our sake? It was written for our sake, because the plowman should plow in hope, and the thresher thresh in hope of sharing in the crop. If we have sown spiritual things among you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? If others share this rightful claim on you, do not we even more? Nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those who are employed in the temple service get their food from the temple, and those who serve at the altar share in the sacrificial offerings? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, one of the best things about being an adult is getting to buy something. Uh, as soon as it's out, uh, as a kid, if you wanted that gaming console, you might have to wait till your mum gets it on sale or when it's your birthday or Christmas or when the newer console comes out so your parents get you the older one. Uh, as an adult, mate, if you got the funds, then what's stopping you? Uh, so just this week, I saw that the PlayStation 5 is coming out soon. I thought, I'm going to buy it as soon as it's out. I work I get paid, I'm an adult, I deserve this. Fast forward to a conversation with my lovely wife and the topic of the PlayStation 5 came up and she goes, how come you didn't include me in your decision to buy it? I'm like, you're right, sorry Lena, can I buy the PlayStation 5? No. Okay, so naive. It's so easy for me to, to think I'm entitled to something without thinking about anybody else uh, we really do live in an age of entitlement, don't we? And, and this picture paints for us a similar image of the church in Corinth. You know, in chapter 8, the Apostle Paul had to implore them to think in love for the other when it came to eating food that was sacrificed to idols. You know, the Corinthians believed uh, they had a right to live freely in their Christian freedom. So eating food that was purposed for false idol. Uh, ones that didn't even exist was fine because it meant nothing if the idols weren't even real anyway. And Paul agreed, yes, it means nothing and, and they were free to do so. 
but in the presence of a weaker brother or sister, maybe somebody new to the Christian faith, somebody who maybe used to participate in idol worship and sacrifice, somebody who could see this, this freedom exercised uh, yet stumble in sin as they still struggled with the concept of idol foods. Paul would say, give up that right to eat freely these foods that might mean nothing to you. Give it up for the sake of your fellow brother and sister out of love for them. And this was hard for the Corinthians to hear because behind it all, I think looking back at the chapters in the first letter to the Corinthians, we can gather that these Christians had this false sense of uh, entitlement from glorifying or demonizing their leaders above and below one another uh, to living out promiscuous lifestyles that would uh, make even the secular Corinthians blush, you know, to now eating whatever they liked, even if it was to the, to the detriment of their Christian community. You know, these Corinthians lived freely, living in their eyes, in their Christian freedom, uh, chosen by God, meaning they had the right to live in such ways, Yet I think at the core of it, it seems like the Christians in Corinth have this subtle yet yet obvious aura of entitlement. You know, we are entitled to follow whichever leader we want, one that we think is acceptable, impressive, well-known. It's our right. You know, we are entitled to eat the best, most delicious food, the one often sacrificed to idols because the idols don't mean anything to us anyway. It's our right to enjoy filet mignon. You know, and that's where we come to our passage today in chapter 9, where we see Paul speak into this entitled Corinthian culture. And I absolutely love that Paul uses himself as the example. He definitely doesn't shy away from leading by example. Uh, a reminder of the many times, uh, as we've read, he tells his church members to, to imitate himself as he lives to imitate and conform to the image of Christ. So Paul starts off in chapter 9 saying, um, Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are not you my workmanship in the Lord? If to others I am not an apostle, at least I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. Some scholars have understood this to be Paul defending himself against how the Corinthians viewed him, uh, but I think that's too much of a gear shift from what he previously said in chapter 8. Um, I think Paul is instead affirming his case here of who he is as it builds up his point about entitlement and, and, and a Christian's rights. He builds it up by saying first these rhetorical questions, which pretty much say, guys, for even me, an apostle, one whom has led you and planted your church, he paints the weight of his position as he begins to use himself as an example. Now let's go on to verse three to seven. This is my defense to those who would examine me. Do we not have the right to eat and drink? Do we not have the right to take along a believing wife, as do the other apostles and the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working for a living? Who serves as a soldier at his expense? Who plants a vineyard without eating any of its fruits? Who tends a flock without getting any of its milk? You know, as the Corinthians were pushing their rights, living out what they thought they were entitled to, Paul uses himself as an example as he says, actually, think about what I'm entitled to, what rights I have. I, an apostle, your very church planter, don't I have the right to have food and drink supplied to me in my ministry? You know, does a soldier provide his own rations in battle? Can a vineyard planter not get sustenance from the fruits he planted? 
Can a shepherd who cares for the flock not draw milk from them as he protects them those long cold nights? Of course they can. What more then should a soldier in a spiritual war be supported by his battalion? What more then should the church planter share in the fruits of his labour? What more then should a shepherd, a pastor to the flock, be supported by his sheep? You know, William Barclay says, on every ground, Paul could have claimed the privilege of being supported by the church. Paul is essentially saying nobody ever labors, nobody ever labors in such roles and isn't supported by his efforts. The pastor can reap the support from his church. Doubling down, Paul even refers to the ox in verse 9, saying, even the ox isn't muzzled and refrained from eating grain. It's treading as it works. More so would a person made in the image of God be treated differently. And, you know, thinking of today's culture, we've probably seen the two extremes in this topic of church and supporting a pastor. You know, one extreme is the pastor who expects uh, the bends, the, the lobster and champagne, the mansion. You know, if I have sown spiritual things among you, is it too much if I reap my private jet from you? Or the other extreme, you know, thinking pastors and leaders who receive financial material support are like parasites, you know, living off other people in their church. So they err on the side of, if you're doing the Lord's work, you should do it for free. Grind their pastors, churches that grind their pastors to the bone as they're doing the Lord's work anyway, without any sort of payment. But as we know, both extremes, I think, are quite problematic. And I think at the core of both these views, I think, again, is a false sense of uh, entitlement. For the pastor expecting their church to pay for their 50k diamond rings on their fingers, they believe they are entitled to lavish materials and excessive living as they are in positions of power and great authority over such churches. They view their position as a right to you know, affluent lives and in their pride and sin, they, they take advantage of it through their church. Are thinking of, hey, I lead a church of thousands. They listen to my every word. I'm doing the Lord's work. Look at these, look at these numbers of people. You know, I deserve these numbers you know, in, my, in my bank account. It's my right. A false sense of entitlement. On the other hand, for the congregation that expects their pastor to work for nothing, these churches believe they are entitled to have a leader that serves their every whim. And to serve us is to not ask or expect anything in return, not a dime. A thinking of, you're doing the Lord's work, it was freely given to you, you should be freely working for us. It's our right. And a false sense of entitlement. And I think both are wrong. One says, I can reap all the rewards because I deserve this from my success. It's my right. Uh, and the other says, I should be served and taken care of for my needs without the need to honour or assist in the needs of my leader, of my pastor. It's my right. Now, while the Corinthian church's immediate problem wasn't this issue of supporting their leaders, they were struggling with this same sense of entitlement. Because whether it's thinking you can eat and drink food from idols without it affecting anyone else, or whether it's thinking you have the right to a wealthy lifestyle because you're a church pastor of thousands, a false understanding of entitlement essentially says, I have a right to get what I deserve, no matter the cost to others. That in my freedom, I can live 
and do what I please as long as it's rightfully mine to do so. It is my right to gain this, to attain this because I've worked for this, I've achieved this, I've done this. And yet, in this passage, Paul speaks of an entitlement that is actually biblical. Paul spoke of his rights, his entitlement, uh, that weren't false or about him, but were true uh, to the word and law. Uh, his examples of the soldier, the vineyard planner, uh, and, and the shepherd were all humble illustrations in how the soldier, the planner, and the shepherd were, were well within their rights to receive the things that were necessary for their livelihood and would sustain them like food and milk. Um, and he backs it up by scripture when he refers to even the, the ox receiving food for its work in line with the law of Moses. So in the same way, a, a pastor would have certain duties that he must fulfill and he cannot, he cannot fulfill them for nothing. Biblically, he has that right. Verse 11 and 12 says, If we have sown spiritual things among you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? If others share this rightful claim on you, do not we even more? See, in his example, Paul had every right to be supported by the church in Corinth. See, while the Corinthians thought they were entitled to follow whoever they wanted, live, eat and drink as they please, it was Paul who was actually entitled. As Leon Morris puts it, Paul was fully entitled to receive from them a material harvest Entitled, they were entitled to share in the harvest as he was the one who labored to produce the harvest. Harvest, labored spiritual things among the church in Corinth. If anyone is actually entitled here, it's Paul. And yet, after this long build up, even with Paul making the point that he has genuine rights in this instance, he drops it on them that even then he chooses not to exercise it. He surrenders those rights, gives up this entitlement he had. Verse 12b, um, nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. Paul has his rights, but isn't interested in using them. He isn't interested in the benefits of support from his flock in Corinth. He serves the Corinthians freely while working another laboring job on the side to support himself. He renunciates the right to have what he deserved from the church. Why? Because of the gospel. The gospel dominated his life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul understood the good news of Jesus Christ as the most important thing in his life and something to be shared and advanced throughout his time on earth. Even the slightest chance that anything could hinder gospel advancements, he would do his best to get rid of those obstacles. So in this instance, he voluntarily gives up his rights as an apostle, his entitlement of financial and material support from the Corinthians for the sake of gospel advancing. 
how would receiving money have hampered the gospel? You know, some scholars have brought up possible stumbling blocks, you know, maybe potential converts shying away from uh, converting if they were, if they think there are financial strings attached, maybe. Maybe Paul becoming content and lacking zeal to serve the church who pays him. Also, by serving the Corinthian church freely, thereby working a separate labor job on the side, it meant meeting non-believers in his lower class labor job with great opportunity to share good new, the good news of Jesus to them in his other job. See, whatever things hindered Paul, we aren't told exactly here. But what is evident is that Paul refuses to exercise his rights for the sake of the gospel. Advancing the gospel in the world is the the all-encompassing reason behind his refusal to accept payment. You know, as writer Stephen Um said, simply put, he has found something better than rights and entitlement. You know, there was a man named Robert A. Jaffrey, uh, whose father owned one of Canada's largest publishing companies, uh, the Toronto Globe. Today, it's known as the Globe and Mail. His father had great ambitions for Robert to one day become the CEO and owner of the company. Robert was actually entitled, he was actually entitled to this wealthy company built and owned by his father. But Robert, after an encounter with a founder of the Christian and Missionary Alliance denomination, A.B. Simpson, after his encounter with A.B. Simpson, Robert decided that his calling was to serve as a missionary uh, to China. And so Robert served as a missionary the rest of his life, sharing the gospel uh, to China, to Vietnam, to Indonesia, to Thailand, to the Philippines. And he died in a Japanese camp which held him and other missionaries captive. And Robert quotes, The supreme and crying need of this lost world is the gospel. Shall we not rise at Christ's command to carry the blessed saving news to every perishing one? Robert had every right to live out his life as a CEO to a multi-million dollar business that he was entitled to from his father. But for Robert, he found something better. Verse 15 and 16. But I have made no use of any of these rights, nor am I writing these things to secure any provision. For I would rather die than have anyone deprive me of my ground for boasting. For if I preach the gospel, that that gives me no ground for boasting. For necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For people to hear and know the good news of Jesus Christ was the dominating theme in Paul's life. So much so that he would rather renunciate his rights if it had the slightest chance, the slightest chance to hinder that good news being preached. That is quite remarkable. Uh, It definitely makes us reflect in our own life. Does the gospel trump everything enough that we would be able to refuse what we are entitled to for the sake of its advancement? You know, for the Corinthians, they were consuming delicious foods, uh, idle food and drink, but was it something they would give up for the sake of the gospel? For me today, am I able to refuse my right to, to buy this or consume that or watch this? Or listen to that, if it even has the slightest chance of hampering the gospel, being a stumbling block to another person? Or do I have this false sense of entitlement, like the Corinthians, that I really 
that I am really the most important person in the world, that my rights, what I'm entitled to, is most significant in my life. I mean, I worked for that. I earned that. I deserve it. And it's a challenging question, um, one that would have caused the church in Corinth to really sit down and reflect, I think. Think about their Christian freedom. Think about their rights and entitlement. Have you noticed that when we think about the term entitlement, it's always looked at in a, in a positive spin for ourselves? For example, uh, I'm entitled to that lump sum payment. I'm entitled to that estate. I'm entitled to that gift, to that voucher. These are all good things. And I guess it's a word that is more often than not used in the context of a privilege, right? That you're getting what you deserve and it's something good. But if we think hard about who we are and what the Bible tells us, we realize that we are certainly deserving of something. As sinners, we are deserving of death. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death. See, as sinners, death is the one thing we're actually entitled to, which is what makes the gospel so beautiful. Why Paul would put the gospel above his genuine rights and what he rightfully deserved is because the gospel counters any sort of entitlement we think we have. You know, Jesus Christ, God's own son, was the ultimate entitled one truly deserving of worship, truly deserving of praise, truly deserving of all the privileges we could ever muster up in our minds. He came down to the world and preached the good news of himself, preaching against entitlement, against self-centeredness, and ultimately displaying that with his death on the cross. See, leading up to the cross, or when he was hanging on the cross, Jesus had every right to turn the universe to work in his favor. Jesus had every right to not die in the place of those who were actually entitled to death, us. Yet out of his grace, his mercy, his love, Jesus submitted to the Father's will, dying in our place. This is a free gift that Jesus would give it to those who would receive it. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul could only lay aside his entitlements because he saw the free gift of the gospel as something worth surrendering his rights to. Verse 17 and 18, For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward but if not of my own will, I am still entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my reward that in my preaching I may present the gospel free of charge so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel? See, while entitlement says, what entitlement says is, I have a right to get what I deserve. What the gospel says is, Jesus has made right what we ultimately deserved. That's our treasure we've been entrusted with. You know, by his own example, Paul wishes the church too would think gospel first. Advance the kingdom of God. See, in chapter 8 
the beginning of chapter 8, verse 1, Paul encourages the church in Corinth to think about giving up their rights and entitlements for the sake of others out of a Christian love. A loving sacrifice for the benefit of the other. Paul doesn't ask them to give up anything uh, more than he himself has given up. See, Garland writes, The contrast between Paul and the knowledgeable Corinthians is stark. They appear to insist on a right that might cause the weak to stumble. Paul purposefully surrenders a right and adapts himself to the weak and to others to win them. See, Paul's example is not a self-centered, entitled freedom, but a gospel-centered, sacrificial love. And he could only do so because he modeled it after Jesus. Jesus, the only truly entitled, yet sacrificially loving Savior. Woe to me if I do not preach this beautiful gospel. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. He was ultimately the only entitled one, deserving of all praise, of all glory, of all worship. Yet he came down here to us to take on what we deserved. Death, eternal death, Lord. And he took it on the cross. He took all our sins that we may live freely in your presence. In eternity. Lord, for all of us who are struggling with our moments of entitlement where we feel like we deserve this, we have rights that are greater than uh, who it affects, that it's all about us, Lord, may you help us. May we come to you and ask you for forgiveness for the moments that we think the world really is all about what we deserve, Lord. But we're reminded by your gospel, your beautiful gospel, that we were so deserving of death. Yet this free gift of your good news of Jesus Christ, this free gift of grace and mercy, let us receive it. And we're so thankful. Lord, we thank you for your mercy. And we pray this in your son's holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. Dot com dot au.